Welcome to the podcast of C3 Church with today's message. Kept during the hour of trials. Kept during the hour of trials. Saints, I believe that we are living in a day and an age and particularly in an hour when we must be balanced in our preaching and in our practices. This world system seems to be caving in on us, but this deranged Babylonian system of government and religion will crumble and fall. The door has been opened wide to transform America through transgender acculturation in sporting activities and educational indoctrination in our public school system. So let me get this straight. Weak men could not hack it in competing against other strong men so they convinced themselves to be girls so they could dominate women's sports. Now young girls who have worked so hard to compete at the top of their performance will have to take a back seat to men playing dress up. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. And I just happen to be one that's going to stand in the pulpit and address the issues that we need to address in the house of God and in the world today. We will never be able to truly affect the world if we keep looking like the world and capitulate to everything that the world wants us to swallow. Critical thinking begins when one decides to see with their eyes and accept what they see. Do you see what's going on, church? Have you really opened your eyes to what's truly going on? Or have you been indoctrinated by propaganda, politics, and personalities? I'm telling you one thing, God is not going to put up with it. So I'm hoping that you're on the right side of God. See, when you see what's truly going on, you will know that it's time for the saints to open their eyes and see the similarities, just like the days of Egypt, Pharaoh's days are numbered. God will not continue to sit back and allow the wickedness of men to continue to operate in the shadows. My prayer has been, God, release and show us and strip down any darkness that's not apparent. Anything that I can't see because they're hiding in the shadows, I want to be able to pray with like a a precision so I can speak directly to what's being dark. See, I believe we're living in the days of Oz. That, that propaganda got us looking at the big video. See, look at this. Don't worry about that over there. Don't worry about the man uh, behind the curtain. Don't worry about the, pup- the puppeteers and the globalists who are running, the central banks who are running everything. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about the Vatican. They're going to be all right. You better open your eyes and see what's truly going on, saints, because in the next three months, something is getting ready to be revealed. Open your eyes to see. Every bit of human reasoning and genius will find no solutions and reprise from the judgment of God that is coming. They're looking for peace. But there will be no peace until we go to the Prince of Peace. They're talking about peace, peace. God says there is no peace. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. 
Come on, while everybody's talking about peace, that is not what Jesus was talking about. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. He said, I brought a sword because I'm coming to divide. Come on, somebody. We don't want to talk about that. No, Jesus is supposed to be the one to bring people together. Yeah, his church. That's how he does it, right? Jesus is not going to bring peace like the world. He said, the world didn't give it to you, and the world can't take it away from you. He said, I came to bring a sword because I'm dividing those who are part of the remnant and those who are part of the Babylonian church of mixture. Uh, let me just go here a second because I like to stir things. Because I ain't scared of nobody because God's got my back. We are in a spiritual battle for the soul of the church and America, but we are truly, truly being prepared for battle. Do you agree with me on that? So we can't allow fear to keep us docile and inept. The enemy uses fear to keep us from stepping into the things that God has for us. Fear will keep you from standing up for the unborn. Yes, it will. Because they're telling you that it's not a human being. It's, it's, a, it's just, oh, that's just little matter. It's tissue. But God says that he puts life in the blood. Yes. So we got to go with what the scriptures say, not with what these people, I almost said something else, not with what these people are saying. <laughs> Holy Spirit, help me this morning. <laughs> So let me go into the word a little bit because I want to teach you a little something. First Peter chapter 5, the scripture teaches us that the adversary or the devil is seeking whom he may devour. But I have good news for you, saints of God. You have to give him permission to do so. Oh, let me just back up one on one bit. See, because we have been so indoctrinated with this teaching that, you know, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy is almost as if we have no power. That he can just come and kill, steal, and destroy anytime he wants to, but I guess we forgot that who we are seated in. Because we're seated in heavenly places, the devil cannot come, steal, kill, and destroy anytime he wants to. We have to give him permission. Why? Because Jesus triumphed over him openly and made a triumph over him. Publicly making a spectacle of him, defeating the enemy on the cross. But then we act like, the devil, I just, I don't know what I'm going to do. Here he comes again. I just, oh, Lord. I'm telling you, I'm getting ready to teach you something. You ready? Okay. Let me tell you something. He can't devour you unless he finds you. Oh, let me take you on a little walk. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3 says, you are dead, and your life is hid. It's the same word to be concealed or kept secret. So see, when you are in Jesus, you are hid. So he is looking for you, but he can't find you because all he sees is Jesus. <laughs> Wait a minute. I just, I thought I just saw Joshua. I turn for one moment and I don't see nobody but Jesus. Why? Because you was, you found out what your position was. Yeah. 
My God. I hope you're seeing this with me here. So he can't do anything to you if he can't find you. See, the problem is we get outside of Christ and he finds. Let me, let me go a little bit deeper. Can I go a little bit deeper? So through careful study in Genesis chapter 3, my God, the scripture says, and the Lord God said unto the serpent, listen to the words, dust shall you eat all the days of your life. Y'all remember when he said that, dust. Somebody say dust. Dust. dust shall you eat all the days of your life. Isaiah chapter 65, put this in your notes. Isaiah chapter 65 verse 25 adds this. Dust shall be the serpent's meat. So why is this so important for us to comprehend this morning? Romans chapter 8 verse 13 says this. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, you shall live. Then 1 Corinthians chapter 15 in the Amplified verse. My God, when I saw this, I, oh, I fell out of my chair almost. It says this, 1, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 40, uh, 47 and 48, it says this. For the first man, or the first Adam, was from out of the earth made of dust, earthly minded. The second man, or the last Adam, because Jesus was the last Adam, because there's not going to be a third or fourth Adam. He's the last Adam, but he's the second man. I don't have time to teach that today, but I'll go into that later. The last Adam, the Lord, was out of heaven. Now those who are made of the dust are like him, the first man. That's that earthly-minded man. And as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are heavenly-minded. Did, did you catch that? The first man, Adam, is a man of dust. Therefore, <laughs> you are the serpent's meat. Oh, let me see if I can let that sink in for a second. So in other words, saints of God, as long as you stay carnal, as long as you stay earthly minded, you are nothing but dust and you are the serpent's meat. But the moment you understand your position, then it changes your condition. And when you're hid with Christ, he can't even find you to eat off of you. So the problem is not God. The problem is not the devil. The problem is understanding your position. Oh, boy, I don't know if this word is for you this morning. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But, but I'm telling you right now, the Lord is showing me, John, as long as I stay carnal, as long as I stay earthly-minded, the enemy can have his day with me. But I'm not going to give the enemy any space. I'm going to stay hidden in Christ. I'm going to stay uh, truly sanctified. I'm going to be consecrated for him. I'm going to do everything I need to do so that I can stay in my position so that my condition won't change because of the devil. Come on, somebody, and give him a praise. If we stay in the spirit and appropriate our heavenly position, God will keep us during the hour of trials. But you know what happened, though? We lose our position. First thing we say, well, God, I must have done something wrong. Come on, am I by myself in here? Y'all looking at me like a deer in the headlights. Come on, who, 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 who said that before? Soon as something happens, oh, God. What have I done? Oh, Jesus. 
I must have done something wrong, Lord. Paul and Silas, they cast a demon out, but they was thrown in jail. Did they do anything wrong? <laughs> Sometimes it might be what you're doing right. But the devil convinced you of something that you've done wrong. Why? Because you're out of position. See, if you step back and get hidden with Christ, Christ will tell you, don't worry about it, I got it. Oh, but you got to get quiet enough to hear him. Okay, I'll hit that in just a second. You just hold on, but put your seatbelt on. Amen. Now, last Sunday, let me just transition a little bit here. There must be a battle before there's a victory. We can't be running around, we got the victory in Jesus, but you never fought. What you fighting right now? I ain't fought nothing. Well, how you got the victory in Jesus? See, there must be a battle. There's got to be a test to be a testimony. Come on, somebody. Wait a minute, Pastor. Keep moving because we don't want to talk about the testing, right? Oh, yeah, we got to talk about it because it's a part of your walk, right? You won't grow without being tested. You won't grow muscles without resistance. Amen, right? You just continue to be flabby and soft and... Amen, somebody. Listen, listen, listen. Let me tell you something. Just driving past the gym won't help you. You can say, well, I, I, went, I, went, I, went, I went by there. Just like some people just go by the church. But they expect their, oh, see. See, no, y'all don't talk about that, Pastor. I'm working some things out with the Lord. He knows my heart that is wicked, stinky, and nasty. See, that's what God knows. That's why I don't say that anymore. Because he told me, boy, your heart is messed up, John. I do know your heart. That's why I'm bringing this stuff in your life right now. Because, see, you got to remember, we are an overcoming church. Well, come on, come on, say that with me. I am an overcoming church. See, we are part of the remnant church. We're not part of the church of mixture. Come on, God is raising us up so that we can get rid of our man-made agendas so that we can follow the rod of God, right? And when we follow the rod of God, then sometimes the rod becomes a rock, and the rock can become an offense. See, sometimes you will offend people based on your relationship with Jesus. As a matter of fact, if you're not offending people, you might want to check your relationship. Oh, I ain't talking about the cruise ship church now. We're talking about the battleship. Cruise ship church, you just want to get along with everybody. But the Bible says, woe unto him when everybody speaks well of you. Somebody need to be getting mad. Somebody need to be leaving the church. Now, I, I, I praise God now when people leave. Thank you, Jesus, because I am not going to compromise on your word just so people can feel comfortable. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Some people log off of Facebook. They say, no, that's just, mm -mm. But I don't care nothing about Facebook likes. As long as God likes me. That's the only like I want. It's not about followers. It's about who I'm following. I'm following him, right? And if I'm not following him, you should not be following me. But if you don't know who he is, how you know when I'm not following? Thank you, Randy. I haven't heard that in a minute. Thank you. Last Sunday, I said this. I want to repeat it. Make sure you get it in your notes. A good intention will never justify bad action. A good intention will never justify a bad action. I was speaking in terms of Uzzah reaching out to study the ark of God 
when the oxen stumble while carrying it on an ox cart made by the hands of man. And if you know anything about Numbers chapter 4, it teaches us that there should not be any man-made thing carrying the ark of God. It was always to be on the backs of the, Le of the Levitical priesthood. They would carry the ark. They were the only ones from the 12 tribes that could carry the ark of God. That's why you got to understand what is your lane. See, you can't get outside of your lane. You got to stay right where God will have you. But David built an ox cart, which means he built it by man's hands. And God said, I am not going to be moved by man-made programs being manipulated by the spirit of man. And then the, the oxen stumble and Uzzah tried to steady the Ark of the Covenant. God struck him down dead because God was not falling. He was actually getting off. God says, I will not be carried in by the works of man. I come in on the holiness of God. Amen. So, so he stumbled. It was a good intention, but it struck him dead. Yeah. So just having a good intention might kill you. Oh. Come on, somebody. Just because you have good intentions, listen to me very carefully, church. Just because you have good intentions don't mean you have to be all things to all people. Sit your behind down somewhere. The daddy came out then. I'm sorry. That was the papa came out. Just sit down somewhere. You are not all things, all people. That's Jesus' part. See, if you don't understand your lane, you'll burn out quickly because you'll extend the level of grace that's on your life beyond what God is going to bless you with. And then you get mad at God because you burned out. God said, I told you a month ago not to do that any longer. But because you have good intention, man's good intention would never be a substitute for God's promises. Can I give you an example? Abraham, <laughs> Abraham had a good intention when he slept with Hagar. <laughs> but see, the promise was not going to come through Hagar. The y'all can see. <laughs> Boy, I could go so many different directions with this thing. I'm trying. Holy Spirit better help me. And so Abraham slept with Hagar because his wife, <laughs> his wife said it was okay. <laughs> Fellas, let me tell you something. <laughs> it might be a good intention. But boy, let me tell you something. You better look at that woman and say, woman, uh-uh. No, no, that might be a good intention, but I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You are not hearing from the Lord. <laughs> you better back down, brother. She ain't going to give you no permission to go lay with another woman, right? But he did it. It was a good intention, followed by a bad action. And he, re he reproduced a counterfeit to the promise of God. He reproduced an Ishmael rather than an Isaac. So write this down. A good intention produced outside of the will of God. A good intention produced outside of the will of God will always produce a counterfeit promise. A good intention produced outside of the will of God will always produce a counterfeit promise. You can get in the way of your blessings by busying yourself with life, with ministry, thinking you are helping God out 
But just because you have a good intention doesn't give you a license to work yourself to death. You must know when you need to take some rest. Hello, somebody. Hit the pause and say, God, I need to rest. Turn that phone off. Get off of social media and say, God, I just need some rest. And I'm not saying get some rest and read the Bible. I'm saying get some rest. Close your eyes. Amen, somebody. Because this is the only body you get. You don't get another one. Right? So when this baby here expires, that's it. It goes back to dust from which it came. Right? So if you don't take care of this temple, the temple of the Holy Ghost, this is where the Holy Ghost resides, is in this temple. Amen, somebody. If you're not taking good care of it, then there's always going to be some type of pestilence that's going to try you. One of the things that everybody should have learned last year is just how healthy you are. You can fake it in front, but boy, when some stuff happens, you'll know just how healthy you are. But praise the Lord, I pray that people are making some changes. Because if you can't afford to stay healthy, you definitely can't afford to get sick. Man, I can't do that. It's just too expensive. All right, get sick and just pay the hospital. Amen. I hope I'm talking to the right folk up in here. All right, let me, y'all just not receiving that well, so let me. <laughs> I think that's just uh, you keep me just going, Pastor. I am convinced that you will never really know him until you've encountered him in the midst of your pain. I'm convinced of that. No one is going to take that away from me now because th those are the times when I really had to settle it in my heart. I really had to rest in him so that I can see what's the next step, God. And I remember this in Genesis chapter 32. Jacob had run from God for about 20 years, right? But God caught up to him. You, you best believe you can run, but you can't hide from God, right? Just ask Jonah. And so... So he, he ran for about 20 years, but God caught up to him. This was an experience like none other because there were two dichotomies that we learned when Jacob wrestled with that in theolo theological terms. It's called a, a theophany, which was God. It was Jesus Christ that wrestled with him. He called it the man. But he was wrestling with God. Come on, somebody. And so th th there was two dichotomies that we see there because Jacob wanted a blessing from God but God wanted a breaking in Jacob. Let, let me say that one more time, because sometimes when we're asking for blessings, God, in his mind, is thinking breaking. Oh, y'all going to stop asking for blessings now. And just say, Lord, I don't want no blessing. I want to no, just, just do what you do. See, your prayer is going to change now, right? So Jacob, Jacob wanted a blessing from God, but God wanted a breaking in Jacob because God knew he couldn't bless Jacob beyond his breaking point. Uh, can I keep going? Yeah. All right, y'all just smile. Okay, all right. Y'all said so maybe they smile on Facebook because y'all not looking good about the face in the church. Okay, y'all sure I can keep going? Paul says this. Listen to me carefully. Paul says this. See, this is why you got to understand resurrection power. See, this is what's flowing inside of you right now. 
the spirit of the living God. You got to understand when you say you've powered up with the Holy Ghost, you're not saying that there was you got gas. You're saying that there is something inside of you that's moving better than, <laughs> than gas. And, that, and see, when you got the Holy Ghost, you got a different noise. Come on, somebody. You got a different praise when you got the Holy Ghost. There is something about you that's different when you're going through your go-through. So Paul says, we have this treasure. Somebody say, I'm a treasure. See, the treasure is really not you. The treasure is the resurrection power that's in you. See, Paul said, we have this treasure, the resurrected power of Christ in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power of, might be of God and not of ourselves. So we understand that the power we walk in is not our power, it's his power. We get the opportunity just to hide in him and watch him work. That's why it says that the joy of the Lord will be my strength. Come on, the battle is not yours. Well, how can you say that? Because you're hidden in him. Positionally, you're in heaven. You're seated with him in heavenly places. That's your position. And your position will always change your condition. Therefore, when death is working on the inside, resurrection life is manifested on the outside. So God can show you something. Come on, somebody. Please see this with me. God can show you something on the inside. Nobody else sees it. But when you open your mouth, you pray it out. Everybody else is saying, what in the world are they talking about? Say, you don't understand. I see something on the inside. So because I see something on the inside, I'm going to say what I see until I see what I've said. Oh, my goodness. Did you catch that? So what you're saying is what God is revealing to you on the inside, and it's manifested by your mouth because you speak it, and it will be manifested on the outside. Out of the heart of man, every word shall be established. Right? So you're speaking something that you see in your spirit. I'm sorry. I don't mean to shout. But I am excited. I'm about to run around this place right about now. Randy, you're going to have to catch me in the corner. So Paul says this, because see, what I'm about to say to you is going to make so much difference in your life when you see it this way. Somebody say, I got resurrection power in me. See, when you understand that, we may be, we may be hard pressed on the outside, but because you got the resurrection power on the inside, you're not crushed. See, see, because of the power of God, you can be hard-pressed. But God says, I got you, but you will not be crushed. See, you may be perplexed in your mind, but because of the resurrected power of Jesus, you will not be in despair. Oh, God, I might be confused about this thing right now. I might not quite understand what's going on. But God, even though I might be perplexed, I got the power of the Holy Ghost inside of me, and I will not be in despair. You may be persecuted on the outside, but because of the resurrected power of Jesus, we know we are not forsaken. Come on, just because you're persecuted to me, lets you know that you're in God. 
See, in the book of Acts, the Bible said that they had to take note that these men had been with Jesus. Oh, I want people to take note that I've been with Jesus, that they can see the glory of God on my life, that I don't even have to say a word. They can look at the character that I walk in. They can look at the integrity that I walk in. They can look at the holiness that I walk in. They can look at the righteousness that I walk in. They can see that I have been with Jesus. I don't want to have to try to convince people of anything. That's why I don't worry about titles. I don't worry about no title. Titles don't make people. God does. See, I operate in what God told me to operate in regardless of a title. Come on, somebody. Titles have killed the church. Right? Everybody want a title. I want to be somebody. Well, try, try to be nobody so God can see you. Because, see, Jesus said this. He said, I didn't come to be served. See, people just want to be served. They want an entourage. They want somebody carrying their bags. I carry my own bags. I got enough muscles. I can carry my own bags. Ain't nobody carrying nothing for me. I don't need no attache. I don't need no, I don't need nobody, no armor bearer. That's Old Testament. You show me an armor bearer in the New Testament. Ain't nobody bearing my armor. I carry my own gun. I said I carry my own gun. And that's not hypothetical. <laughs> <laughs> That's a reality. <laughs> Trust me when I say that. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so let me get back to preaching because y'all messing with me. You may, listen, you may be persecuted on the outside, but you're not forsaken. You may be struck down at times, but the, because of the resurrecting power of Jesus, you will not be destroyed. See, the psalmist said this. He said, it is good for me that I had been afflicted. Oh, wait a minute. That's in the, that's in the Bible. Oh, that, I know somebody said, Pastor, just go ahead and take that out. Let's, let's just rip that out right there, right? Just rip it out. It's just one sentence. Let's go ahead and, and do a strike through. Right? But the psalmist said it was good for me. How many times have you prayed that prayer? I know I haven't. I'm just being honest. I've never prayed that prayer. I never, I never even said anything remotely close. I'm talking about when you're going through your go-through. I ain't talking about now when everything is good. I'm talking about you in the middle of the heat of the battle, and you're saying, God, thank you for making me go through. <laughs> Y'all pray my strength in the Lord. I haven't made it there yet. Amen. But I came to tell somebody this morning that your blessing is in your breaking. Your blessing is in your breaking. Jesus was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Why? Because the blessing was released through Jesus' breaking. My, my, my. Are you seeing this with me? So now, now, okay, I know I set you up. Hold on. And because we are hidden with him, so now the same breaking that it took Jesus going through is the same breaking we have to go through so that the blessing can be released from us to others. You thought the blessing was for you. The blessing is always the fathers. Always the fathers. See, we've gotten into this bless me church mentality. That's the cruise ship. 
right? You're on the cruise ship because on the cruise ship, you just get drunk, have fun, gamble, party, swim, yeah. fight, fuss, yeah. gamble some more, drink some more. That's cruise ship. But on a battleship, you are battle ready. Because you know on a battleship, at any given moment, you might be attacked. So you don't have time to be distracted by things, people, plans, nothing. You have to be on point and ready for the battle. Amen, somebody. So the cruise ship was destroyed on March 2020. You can't cruise no more. You better be ready to fight. Amen, somebody. You're going to have to fight now. you got to be battle ready. I'm telling you, th this is not the last pestilence. There's another one on the way. It's always going to be something. Always, I'm telling you, saints, just get ready. I tried to warn you five years ago. I said something was coming. I didn't quite know. Did I, Randy? I said something. I said it's big. I don't know what it is. God didn't reveal it to me. I, I, listen, but I don't proclaim to be a big prophet or anything like that either. But I know when I hear from God. Right? I said, something's coming. I said, we need to be prepared. I said, get your stuff ready. I said, five years ago, go buy silver. Five years ago. It was $13 back then. Silver is $30 now, an ounce. $30. So if you had bought it then, so you better buy it now. Because <laughs> it's not going down. Amen. Hello? Oh, whoa, pastor, you, you got to talk about spiritual stuff. I'm trying to keep you blessed. Amen. If I can't talk about natural stuff where you're going to be blessed here on the earth, then why are you coming to this church? Yeah, I can get the spiritual stuff, but there is some stuff we got to do in the natural so that we can take care of ourselves. We got to stay healthy, we got to stay ready, and we got to stay prepared. Yeah. Pastor, I just want one of those pastors that hoop. <laughs> well, find one, as many of them. All right, let's get back to the word. Y'all ready? Genesis chapter 32, verse 24 says, And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Jacob was left alone. Sometimes God will use grief, sickness, problems, financial setbacks, tribulation, tribulations, marital issues, a tough moral test and tempestuous emotional battles to get us alone with him. See, that's what the song we was talking about, away from the noise. Alone with you. No crowds, no social media, no noise, no voices, no phones, no friends, no distractions, just you and God because the end game for these quiet opportunities is to get you to the place of breaking. And God can't break you if you're too busy listening to somebody else. And especially if you're listening to the wrong voices telling you the wrong thing to do. When God is saying, turn them off and turn me on. Oh my God. God said, listen, I'm here. Turn them off. Turn off all the other voices and come to me. You hearing this with me here? Isaiah 30 and 15 says this. For thus said the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest, you shall be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. But you were not willing. 
So in other words, God was saying, I wanted you to sit down, but you wouldn't. He said, in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. But you weren't willing to sit down. See, don't think that just because you're resting in God that somehow you're not doing what God is asking you to do. Obedience is obedience. It doesn't matter. If he tells you to rest, he wants you to rest. Amen? Rest. I mean, just rest. Sleep. Amen? I like sleep. I can take a nap anywhere. <laughs> I can just lay on this altar for a second, and you, I'm, you're going to hear me snore. Right, baby? I'm sleeping good. Amen? I can rest anywhere. So it's all right to rest. Amen, somebody? But sometimes you got to teach people to respect your rest. Oh, man. And especially pastors got to do that. Because sometimes I do not want to be bothered by y'all. Yes! Want me to say it again? I ain't mad, I ain't mad, I ain't sad, and I ain't scared either. Sometimes I don't want to be bothered by nobody. My wife will tell you, I like my long time. I like being alone with nobody else, just me and the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they go and do their thing, and I'm like, they call me, no, I'm good. I'm good. And I don't be calling her every minute when she's gone either, because I, I like my time. And she want her time. I ain't going to be bugging her about what you doing. Well, if I wanted to know that, I should have went with her. <laughs> See, y'all got me all off. Stop asking me those questions. <laughs> See, I was out there. <laughs> See, this church. <laughs> See, the problem is we've gotten accustomed to noise. And we've gotten accustomed to being busy. See, social media did a lot of that. Right? Oh, I got to check. See what's going on. People's thumb ought to be like, there should be some problems, like with arthritis or something in the thumb, because something caught in a tunnel, yeah. Huh? Yeah, that, that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That too. Praise the Lord. Jacob was not the only one that was left alone with God for the breaking to take place. So as I begin to discover the scriptures, and we're getting ready to get into Acts so I can close up here, but I want to share this a little bit with you. Abraham left Ur and his kindred and was alone with the Lord. Moses was led on the backside of the desert of Midian, and when he walked up on the burning bush, he was left alone with God. Elijah was alone at the brook Cherith, when God disciplined him. The three Hebrew boys were alone with God when they were thrown in the fiery furnace. Daniel was alone with God in the lion's den. Joseph walked a, a lonely path when he was in the pit, Potiphar's house, and the prison, but God was with him. Jeremiah also walked a lonely path but God was with him. Jesus oftentimes withdrew himself to be alone with God. Paul was alone in the Arabian desert for three years being shaped and molded by the Holy Spirit. And Apostle John 
was alone on the Isle of Patmos when he was in the spirit on the Lord's day and he heard a voice behind him like a trumpet saying, come up here so I can show you great and mighty things, uh, things which is, which was, and which is to come. When you're alone with God, that's the moment he can break us, but it's also the moment he can give us great revelation. Are you here with me, saints? So don't, don't worry about the disciplining stuff that God does. God is just trying to break us so that he can get us to the point to where we can hear his voice with clarity and specificity. Are you here with me? See, this, this is all he wants. No matter what's going on in your life, Jude 124 says God is able to keep you from falling. See, I don't have to worry because I'm kept in the hour of trials. Devil, you didn't know who my daddy was? Let me reintroduce you. Let me hide myself so he can show you who he is. I don't even have to show you. He's going to show you because you remember he was the one you crucified on the cross. But if you had known who he was, you never would have crucified the Lord. Because in that crucifixion brought you sudden death. Amen. He was happy. Wow, wicked men were clapping. The demons was clapping until the third day. See, I feel like we right now. We're in this place, right? I feel like I'm in this place. Spiritually, I'm in this place like, what's going on, Lord? All this wickedness is going on, right? And it's like um, the, the demons are clapping their hands like they won. And God said, remember on the third day? There's going to be a third day uprising that man cannot stop. Amen. God is able, saints, to keep you in your hour of trials. As Christians, there is no way to truly understand who he is until we've been broken. Understanding this, he hand-picked you to be picked on. <laughs> I heard somebody say, excuse me? <laughs> okay. So he hand-picked you so that you can be picked on. He chose you. Okay, let me take you to the Bible then. John 15, 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, power of attorney, I talked to you that last week, he may give you. Let me give you another translation. It says this, you did not make me the object of your choice for yourselves, but I selected you out for myself. My God, I like that translation right there. He said, but I picked you for myself. So in other words, I picked you to be picked on because when they pick on you, they pick on me. My, my, my. And in it all, God is going to get the glory. Why? Because I'm hid in him and he kept me in that hour of my trial. Come on, come on, take your best shot. Hosea says, in their afflictions, they, were, they will earnestly seek me. So God is saying, it's in the breaking time when you seek me. See, sometimes you're too busy, and God said, no, they're going after stuff. See, sometimes you want the blessings over the blesser. See, a lot of people want the king's things without the king. Mm, you want Yeshua, but you don't want Hamashiach. You want the saving part, but you don't want the Lord. <laughs> That's the cruise ship. Hebrews 12 says this, if you endure chastening, not chasing. <laughs> if you endure it, that's discipline, education, training, 
correction. God deals with you as a son, and I'm wrapping this up. For what son is there whom a father does not correct? But if you are without correction, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate. It's the word notas in Greek, but it actually, I'm not trying to cuss anything, it actually means bastard. That's what it's saying. If you don't want correction, God says you, you are that word, yeah. You're illegitimate. You're still an orphan, right? An orphan is somebody that wants to be picked. But listen, so while you are an orphan, God says, I want you. But you didn't realize when he picked you, he picked you to be picked on. You were just happy to be picked. I'm not an orphan, I'm a son. He said, yeah, now it's time for me to switch your legs. Now, that's not the part I want from God, amen. I want the sweet, loving Jesus. I don't want the Jesus that went in the temple with the whip. As if you decide what side of Jesus you get. But when you're in him, you get all of him, right? Amen, amen. It's, it's right anyway. It's tight, but it's right. See, the father perfects his sons through afflictions. So we should never think it's a strange thing when we go through things. Shall I remind you that Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, see, this thing just came full circle, that Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16, they were led by the spirit to the Roman province of Macedonia to preach the gospel. Remember, they were there in obedience. See, sometimes you're, oh, oh boy, man, man. See, sometimes being obedient, you're going to run, this is a term, smack dab. Come on, say it with me. Smack dab. You're going to run smack dab into the devil. See, because you've been doing all of this stuff. Paul and Silas, they've been preaching. Man, people getting healed, blind eyes open, dead race, man. Everything is happening. Praise the Lord. God is awesome. And then they run smack dab into the devil. Well, God is going to say, okay, let's just see. Away from the noise, let's see if you really know my name. Are you going to run from the devils? Are you going to run in fear? Or are you going to confront? You got the Holy Spirit to confront devils. Amen. Amen. We don't bind them. We cast them out. We get rid of them. Hello, somebody. That's the power you have. That's the resurrection power. That's why Jesus said, woman, you loosed from your infirmity. He said that you give the power in Mark chapter 16. He said to cast out demons and devils. Come on, somebody, and speak with new tongues and et cetera. And so this is the power that we have. In other words, just for using the name of Jesus, to cast out a demon from a girl, they were thrown into a cell that they call the inner prison. Remember I told you I was going to come back to that. So let me just give you a little, uh, I did a little research on that because I was like, why, would they just, why wouldn't they just say prison? But I learned through history uh, that the inner prison was actually the bottom cell, right? That's where all the sewage flowed. Y'all know sewage, dong, doo-doo, cow pies. Y'all know what I'm saying. So that, 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 that's, uh, now, yeah, waste. That's, the, yeah, it's nasty, right? So now, imagine this. Imagine, imagine this. Riddle me this. Now, you in prison, you can't go anywhere. This stuff is just flowing from all the other prisoners that's above you. You in shackles, so you're standing in it. 
See, I see. I can't even say. I know that's nasty, but I got to. I got to paint a picture. You got to paint this picture. So you in shackles, you you can't really move much, right? Cause it's a small cell. It's not like this room is a small jail. It's dark. There's no light. There's no light. It's midnight, and it stinks. All because of obedience. So you stepping in it without saying it. Rather than murmur, bicker, and complain, Paul and Silas said, we're going to praise in the midst of this dong situation, and I'm going to give, oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. You don't see the picture that I'm trying to paint for you, that in the midst of my crap, I'm going to praise God. Whoa, Jesus. Come on, devil. That in the midst of it all, I'm going to sing praises to God. And the Bible said, and the prisoners heard them. So it wasn't like they said, oh, Jesus, you know I'm in this, this little place, God. No, these brothers were serious. Can you imagine from the dump heap, you are in another cell, and you've been in that cell for a while. And you've been, oh my God, and you've been complaining. You've been bickering and murmuring in your cell. All of a sudden you hear a sound. Somebody say a sound. See, there is a sound that can come from the earth that will rock heaven. There is a sound that went up from the dung heap. And he, they heard the voices of these men praising God and singing praises to him. And something began to ignite in them. For the Bible said, and the prisoners heard them. Well, I wonder if the prisoners are hearing your voice this morning. There are some people that are locked up. There are some people in captivity right now. And until you give God praise, they're going to stay locked up. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message encouraged you. If you would like to learn more about C3 Church, please visit us in person in Indian Trail, North Carolina at 5805 West Highway 74, Indian Trail, North Carolina 28079 or on the web c3churchnc.org or on facebook.com forward slash c3indiantrailnc.org